0: Hello and welcome back to I Haven't Heard That Name In Years. We're not doing a super long intro today because honestly I kind of just want this interview to speak for itself and uh, not ruin any aspect of uh, the friendship between myself and one Joey Pettin because it's been a, a wild ride from the very beginning and honestly he tells it much better than I can tell it. I do want to say, though, that this was the first interview that I recorded. Uh, It's, you know, not the first one we released, you know, if you've been following the project, you know, I'm just releasing these in chronological order of when I met the person, and Joe was somebody who came into my life primarily in high school is, like, when we really started to get close. So that's where we are right now in the, like, timeline trajectory of how I'm releasing these episodes. Uh, But I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who has been supporting this project, and I'm really, really, really lucky that I uh, have people that have harangued me for a memoir my entire life, because it got me to this point where I am calling people that I haven't talked to in a really, really long time that care a lot about me in rapid succession and it's making me Completely impossible or rather it's making it completely impossible for me to forget that I have friends Which is something that you know, depression, bipolar, you know that things like that just make it super easy It's and you know, I spent I'm a little bit of a loner, you know, I spend a lot of time alone I write and it's very very easy for the you know the darkness the demons to come in and be like you don't have friends just because i haven't physically seen anyone you know and not because my friends are scattered to the four winds booked live performers and just not you know that it's it's so easy to get out of sight out of mind with so many of the people that are close to me and this project has gotten me to a point where uh, i just have recorded evidence of a lot of people caring about me and feeling as though I am a significant impact on their lives, a positive one. And that's that's really cool. So uh, thank you everybody who pressured me to write a memoir my whole life and thank you to everybody that I have interviewed for this project and all of your incredibly kind words about me and my insane antics over the years. And uh, I'm sorry for all of the weird noise pollution in these intros because... Uh, you know, too lazy to be somewhere where that isn't happening, but I appreciate your patience, the listener, as well, and I uh, Mm. just want to say that, you know, reach out to people. You know, if you feel like that, you know, people are not actually, you're like, oh, I have a lot of friends, but nobody's actually close to me kind of a thing, talk to them. You might be wrong. You might be violently wrong. And this might be the most violently wrong you've ever been in your whole life. And you know, like I have this thing since I moved to New York and, you know, transplant, a lot of my close friends aren't physically here or if they are here, you know, they're comedians, they're like or wrestlers, you know, they're booked live performers. You know, I have this thing where I can never seem to get more than one or two people that are not a significant other or relative to show, physically show up for my birthday. And, uh, my birthday's rolling up this weekend. And usually I feel some type of way about it, you know, like, the 30, like, my 30th birthday nobody showed up and I had actually, like, planned a party. Uh, and boy did I hold that grudge I mean, you know, it was only five years ago now, but like, boy did, boy did I hold that grudge for a while. It's poisonous, endless hours of therapy, me, bat, 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 everyone forgot my birthday. But, you know, this year, because of this project, warm fuzzy sentiment incoming, uh, I don't really feel like that. You know, Uh, it's entirely possible. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to a writer's retreat with my mom this weekend for my birthday, but, you know, I, I, it's entirely possible. I might not actually see anyone this week, but... For once, it doesn't matter because I have all of this cool recorded evidence that people care because I decided to do a narcissistic project. And, you know, I don't know what to tell you other than uh, really pay attention to the connections in your life and try to make lists because uh, I didn't even realize how many people were significant until I sat down and made a list. And, you know, that's kind of a... You know, there's there's things you can unpack about that and, uh, you know, about like, oh, man, you know, maybe I should be closer to people, but at the same time, eh. Let's, uh, I mean, it's funny to say in a memoir podcast, let's not live in the past, but fuck it. Let's not live in the past. Uh, I'm excited to turn 35, and I'm excited that I'm still good friends, even if I can't physically be there. Um, very good friends and supported by this wonderful person, Joey Patton. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Hi, Joe. How's it going?
1: (laughs) Going good, Hannah. How are you doing, Hannah Banana?
0: Oh, I'm doing fucking fantastic. Thanks for uh coming on to help me catch up. Uh listeners, uh just so you know, this is the first time I've recorded an episode of this podcast. You will be listening to this after I get through everything leading up to high school. Uh but <laughs> this is our this is our first uh this is our first run at this. So, uh we're we're going to see what's happening or B will edit this entire preamble out, but I would prefer to not do that because I I like my shit
1: I feel honored that my low quality episode will show up after you've perfected the art of the podcast here.
0: Fuck yeah! It's not going to be low quality. I think that what we're going to do is like start at a ten and then just like jump to nothing but straight elevens after this. I, you know, maybe that's just my unchecked, my unchecked op like optimism, romantic bipolar disorder or something. But you know, I, I believe in this project that I have only been recording for uh, three minutes, and I, I, think I it's believe it's going to go great.
1: Too. I believe because you believe, and I have no reason not to believe him.
0: <laughs> oh man, and you've known me uh since okay, so now here's here's where we gotta start. We have to start with how we met. Which is actually, uh, I can. T- I will first start with how I first saw you. We did not speak uh, for several years after the first time I saw you, but right. the first time I met Joseph Petten, uh, Joe Petten, Joey Petten. I don't know which which Joe do you do you prefer, Joey, Joe? I, I, Joseph, I do prefer probably.
1: Joey. I think that sounds better. Yeah.
0: Joey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sick. So we're sticking to Joey. Uh the first time I saw Joey was when him and his still best friend Seamus Sullivan uh burst into my seventh grade English class and just started singing uh We Can Do It from the
1: Producers. Which uh Mrs. Nilson, Mrs. Nilsson's English class. She was she was also our seventh grade teacher. That's why we showed up that day.
0: Yeah, and I and Joe, you were uh, two years ahead of me, correct? It, actually, that would be the only thing that makes sense because uh, Abington Junior High only went seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, so that means you would have been in ninth grade. It would have been possible because I know you were not one year ahead of me.
1: Right, we so. were uh, we were hitting the road to the high school, and we wanted to pay a visit to like our favorite English teacher, so we stopped by Miss Nilton's and it was right around when the producers came out, and we're a bunch of attention seeking cads. So we were like, let's sing to your class. And she didn't say no.
0: (laughs) Did you, it was just her class and just my English class, right? Or did you, like, because in my mind, I kept wondering, I was like, did they just do this to multiple classrooms? Were they just running around? Because, like, I I had no context. I did not know you at that point.
1: It was just this one class. We showed up. It's an absolute miracle that it happened, I guess. And it's even more (laughs) of a miracle that we became best good
0: friends later on yeah and not just later on because you're two years ahead of me so uh and I'm not even sure if we hung out when I was in uh when I was in 10th grade no no we should no we did hang out when I was in 10th grade because every single time yeah now they realize it like you were only ever in the same school as me for one year because Abington does that like three Right. tiered class things right and then you're bouncing out
1: I I have a very vivid memory of the first time I met you and then a very vivid memory of the second time I met you but I don't want to step on your toes so
0: no 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 go go right ahead because that's definitely what I was going to ask you uh so yeah go ahead <laughs> what, what was your first impression of me
1: <laughs> so um obviously when me and Seamus sang to your class we did not know you were in there we didn't You know, you guys were seventh graders, so we had no idea who any of you guys were. But sometime uh, when you were in 10th grade uh, and I was in my senior year, I remember that the Baderwood Theater, which is now closed as far as I know, um, the Baderwood Theater started to do midnight showings. And their first ever midnight showing was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, my God.
0: How did I not remember that I met you at Rocky? That's crazy. Yeah. To, yeah. that how, I saw you, the how same you time not at
1: Rocky? remember that? Because it was definitely the first time we ever met because I was going, like everyone was going. Everyone in the school was going. Yeah. I remember Seamus was going, Micah Edwards was going, but I specifically was going with um, my girlfriend at the time, who I want to say her name was Kristen... And I know that makes me seem like an asshole, but I just cannot Oh, was it. Wait,
0: hold on. Was it Christian Philippi, or...? Yes,
1: I believe it was.
0: Oh, my God. So that's how that happened, because we were friends. And you know what's funny is that the, 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 so this, this podcast is going to be titled... I already did, like, a trippy thing. This podcast is going to be titled... I haven't heard that name in years, so that's our yeah. first one. I haven't heard... That name in years Holy shit I, okay, so. I
1: could barely remember that name I think I dated her for maybe a month It's a very small window That's the other crazy thing It's this super small window It was somewhere between September. It was sometime in fall So it was essentially near the beginning of the year Rocky Horror Picture Show Which I loved And I convinced her to go And uh, I had My own Eddie costume um, That I made so I, I had like this crappy jacket, and I had blood on my head, and you showed up in a Columbia costume. Like it was perfect. And when we got to the theater, I was expecting to sit down and watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but Transylvania Nipple Productions—I um, don't, I don't, I don't think they had just started. But for some reason, the crew that came to Baderwood was two people. Okay. Now this, I actually,
0: yeah, no. Okay. So now, see, this, I actually remember because I would later join the cast, and I'm sure this this will eventually be an episode. I later joined the cast, which I am still technically in. It. The last time I performed was Halloween of 2021. I started when I was 16 and went all the way up to here uh, 34, but no, I remember what happened is that the Baderwood told, like, they found out about it super late, the Baderwood didn't know they existed, and they're like yeah, you guys can come if you want, but only like two of them were available and they didn't have it set up to have the shadow cast there, so uh, Colleen and one other person showed up, and then they just pulled people out of the audience it, it is completely insane to me that I don't I because I, I remember doing that because I have pictures, I don't remember that that was how we first like became friends. Friends that we had some kind of musical meeting where we were Eddie and Columbia. Like that's a, well, not only that.
1: The- See, here's the best part because everyone got pulled down from the cast. Because I remember seamus got pulled down to be Brad. Uh, a couple other people got pulled down, and we were like, it was like boom, Eddie and Columbia. We were like the only ones dressed up like that, and we got pulled down, and we were. It was a lot of fun. But I remember you running over to Kristen and saying hey, is it okay if I molest your boyfriend? And, oh, so, and her being like, sure. Uh, and then that's how we met. Like, I, I didn't know your oh. name. I had never really my talked to you God. before. And we just like, thrown into the scene where I'm singing hot patootie and you're like all over me. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Oh, and you know God. what? Here's the funny thing. I thought... Well, that was probably the last time I ever see whoever that was, you know? And then, no fucking lie, a week later, you show up at the door of my house. And I have no idea how you know where I live. I don't even think I knew your name at that point. And you show up, and you just insisted we were friends. And I just remember opening the door and being like, huh. Well, I guess this is it. I guess this is happening. And you were right. You were perfectly right. We were friends. We were really good friends right from the start. Um, so much so that you are you are one like it's you and Seamus. Like Seamus is my brother of another mother, and you are my sister of another mister. Absolutely. Oh. Like you, oh are, my you God. are hands down, the first two best friends I can ever say I had. And <laughs> I mean, at least I, I was in a class with Seamus. I knew him. We grew to be friends. You just showed up at my door and was like, we're friends. And that was it. And then like a week what? after that, then like a week after that, you showed up again with Molly Rose. And it just like kept growing. Like we just <laughs> started having mutual friends and doing crazy shit together, Reading for Rascals, talent shows. Oh my god. Yo, you just named...
0: Oh, you just name-checked. He just name-checked Reading for Rascals, which is a a thing that I forgot I did. I had a a program at a local library that was just kind of... It it was a storytelling, like... It's kind of like a storytelling hour, but also sort of like a summer literary camp for kids. Uh, but somehow I got it funded by the Philadelphia Eagles and I got a giant foam check for five hundred dollars when I was in high school, presented to me by Swoop, the eagle mascot, the guy in the the guy in the bird costume. I completely forgot about. But yeah, honestly, I seem to have never uh, updated my methods of finding friends apart from the advent of like Twitter and uh, smartphones and such. Because like back then, I wasn't able to just jump into somebody's Twitter DMs and become best friends. I had to show up at their house because it was two thousand four. And yeah. for the record, I don't know how i got your address it's confusing to me um you because really i'm mean, gonna assume by that you point
1: out where i live like you have no idea how you figured it- was it fake? no did you just no. start walking one day and you were passing my house and a voice was like ah, and you did like is that what happened i
0: don't know that's the thing is that the, the, part of the reason i'm doing this project i don't fucking remember how anything happened it's a little insane that i don't remember that like Entire rocky horror story because I Remember going with you because uh, I Well here's the deal Uh, here's something I have a question about um Going to Rocky, what was that Rocky trip where we were all packed into your van and we all had to, like, lean to this side when it was turning because there was too much weight in it? Was that the first one or was that a different one? Because I have a very vivid memory of, like, 15 teenagers packed into a van and you being like, we got to turn, everyone lean to the left. Well, here's
1: the thing. We started going monthly because it did so well at the Baderwood that they started doing monthly showings. And we went monthly for at least like at least two years before okay. I couldn't go anymore. So I remember okay. uh, like that it might have been that first time, but we went multiple times. And I remember like uh, Nate Edwards came, Molly Rose came, yeah. uh, Emily Quinn came and we like this group kept growing, but it also could have been it. it it had to have been when I was in high school. And I want to say it was that first time, and it was all of us, Kristen and Nate and everyone else going, and I just happened to get my mom's van. And I say, yeah. that is the night I met you.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. So we were also, the, the van thing also did happen. Um, I just suddenly remembered something on 4th four, uh, of July. Did me and, was it Emily or Molly, try to light a sword on fire in your backyard? And it Can I
1: tell out? you... <laughs> How fondly I remember that night. And now that we're adults, can I tell you the funniest part of that story that I've never told you?
0: Well, first off, can you just tell that story from the beginning? Because we're just referencing something like, oh, there's a story. There's like a sword on fire in the back.
1: This is the beginning because the beginning for me is it was Fourth of July. I had nothing to do with anybody. My mom took my sisters to Abington for the fireworks. And I was like, I don't want to be here like all i i I didn't see anybody i knew i was like i hate this i i'm gonna go home so i walked home from abington and i was having such a bad night that i decided i was just gonna rent some porn back in the old days of pay-per-view so i had actually sat down and i had rented like the worst corn i could find it wasn't even like american teams i was like oh fourth of july and i was about, I don't
0: know this part of the story. I
1: know, I never told you. And I, <laughs> I was about to get into it when there was a knock on my door.
0: Oh and, my god, yo.
1: And so I, <laughs> I shut everything down. I'm like, oh god, oh god, let me shut all this down. And I go to the door, and it's you and Molly Rose. And you guys were like, it's 4th of July, what are you doing? And I was like,
0: well, I'm not doing
1: anything right now. So... <laughs> We just hung out and we like I think I was showing off my nerd stuff which just happened to have swords and I, I that's what it was. It was we had I had a sword and axe body spray and someone was like, you know, didn't have lighter fluid; It was axe. It was axe body spray because because someone two thousand
0: four like, people, that's what yeah. this was.
1: And I think we went outside and I sprayed some on my hand and then I lit my hand on fire and I was like, it doesn't even burn. And then it had to have been you. It had to have been you, Hannah, who was like, can we light the sword on fire? So uh, It was are... the
0: Highlander one we lit on fire, right? Yeah. Like the... oh my yeah.
1: god. And I remember you holding it and I'm liberally coating it with axe and I think Molly had the lighter. And it didn't quite work the way we wanted to. Like every time we lit it, it would just be like, and that was it. It was just like one big yeah. thing. But yeah. Oh,
0: um, you know what's crazy about uh, our high school stories is that we were sober during all of these. The thing is, oh, I didn't start smoking weed until halfway through college, and I didn't really drink until uh the comic book industry when i was like 17 um <laughs> and that, even that was at fucking hotel bars and i wasn't like going to parties it was just like just mysteriously drinking on image comics i'm sure i'll eventually do an episode about that I by now know- i've already done an episode about molly rose because she's she's from junior high um you're from high school um
1: I, but i don't even know if um you and i have ever actually been drunk together i think we've just Done stupid
0: things while sober. Most of yeah, I mean we've we've we drank when we were adults, but we yeah no we, we never I, I don't think I ever smoked weed with you. Um, it took I didn't start I smoking weed, weed till right. halfway through college. The reason I didn't smoke weed is because my dad used to catch my brother every five minutes, and I was like, I can't do it because my dad's rollerblading around the neighborhood, uh, constantly right. like catch Yeah, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I oh my okay. god! I'll never forget. The day Walter came home, I guess super drunk and super hungover, yes. and the next morning your dad like stomped up to him his room with symbols and was like, "Hey, buddy, you want some breakfast?" As he's nursing like one of the worst hangovers ever. Oh my mm-hmm. god! I I, I want to give a shout out to your parents because they were straight up, um, just like Seamus's parents. They were parents when I didn't have good parents. Like going to your oh. house and going to Seamus' house was always a high point. Like Oh my god, your mom's like apple crumb pie cake, all the all the different foods, like crazy Passover stuff. And, like I'd never Oh, oh my shit you moment.
0: went to Passover in our house. So you went to, so you've been to one of the Passovers where we're like throwing plastic frogs at each it's other. Crazy
1: frogs Yeah. <laughs> I mean it was it it was the plagues. You would redo the plagues, yeah.
0: Yeah, got no at my house when we did Passover uh, because my mom my mom converted to Judaism when I was in like fourth grade uh, so she just got Ray into everything but like when, at my house when we did Passover like the death of the firstborn my brother would put one of those things on his head that looks like an arrow's going through your head. Uh, I, I forget what it was. like. Oh, boils. We had like bubble wrap that you put on your arm. Um, and, and like, you just like, oh, I have boils. And yeah, God, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I'm doing this project because like we're only a couple of minutes in and I'm like, yeah, no, this is weird. This is not narcissistic. This should be documented. And I don't remember half of what happened.
1: Um, well, I, I <laughs> need like, to say, so this is going to lead into one of my favorite stories, but I need to say, I think one of the best things about our friendship it is it was always like a troika it was a triangle and it's like you and me were constantly pulling Seamus into crazy shit against his will because Seamus, Seamus just wanted to be left alone he just wanted to read and watch movies and get rejected by girls and be left alone and I was like, "Fuck oh, no!" He's one of my best friends, and you—oh my god—you had one of the biggest crushes on him at infinity. Like, oh
0: man, I for I yeah I forgot about that, but I also um was unmedicated for bipolar at that point and had a crush on everything that moved and looked at me at that point. So, uh, but yeah, damn, did I exist? You
1: think Seamus is beautiful? He's beautiful. I I had a crush on him too, just in a yeah. completely different way. But yeah. Um, cause I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened with Rocky Horror. Like he didn't want to be Brad, but when people were like, we need a Brad, everyone in the theater started going, Micah, Micah, but then <laughs> I just got really loud. And I was like, Shame up! Shame up! <laughs> and no one else could hear anything. And they were like, well, I guess we better get this Seamus guy down here. So oh like, my god! so like you and me were constantly doing crazy stuff together, but every now and then we'd be lucky enough to trick. Seamus into doing stuff with us and I think the Seamus is
0: like the kid on the magic school bus that like just wanted to stay home but then he's like inadvertently swimming through a man's bloodstream or something like the
1: the absolute epitome of that is um are me and Seamus's first year of college you're still in high school um, yeah. I am going to Manor College, which is a hop and a skip away from you. Like, you would constantly show up at my college, which was great. Oh. It was just cool oh. thing. I oh,
0: yeah, no, I showed up here at your college so much that I appeared in pictures in Manor College's yearbook, uh, three times, and I never went there. That is always a personal achievement for me, was, like, getting in Manor College's yearbook more than people who actually went there.
1: Like, <laughs> You would do the talent show with me. We would always do some crazy thing, and you would come and do the talent show with me, um, which was amazing. But uh, Seamus was in Georgetown, all the way down near D.C., uh, and he was doing his first-ever play that he'd gotten in Pygmalion. And I was like, oh, I'd love to go down and see Seamus, but I don't, oh, I just can't, because, well, I had a shitty car, and I didn't have enough money to get down there. And then out of the blue... You were just like, My dad gave us enough money that we could go down and see Seamus. And this was spur of the moment. This was like, let's go. Um yeah. and we like we just like fuck it, let's go. We ran to the Amtrak and we hopped on a train and we had no plan, we had no phone.
0: Yeah, no well, phone. So this is, two. Th- okay, so what year was this? So year one in college for you, so I guess this would be, I graduated in 2006, so... so
1: this this was still...
0: 2005? Is this, two, Yeah. Like what year this, was this? I think
1: this was, like, 2005, maybe. Maybe yeah. early 2004. I,
0: something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like, no, no smartphones. Uh, I held out on getting a cell phone for a while. I think I just... I think I was actually a weirdo with a pager for a hot second, but, like, those no cell phones, no idea where this dude is.
1: <laughs> we didn't know where Georgetown was. We're we knew George- we went to Georgetown, but we had no idea how to get there. We just hopped on an Amtrak to Washington. We were just like, all right, we'll figure this out. And I, I, oh, my God, it's still a miracle that we didn't get lost or something, because even on the way there, I remember the train stopped. And we were like, oh, we've been on the train for a while. Let's see where we are. And we stepped off the train and we said out loud, is this Washington? And the guy said, it's Baltimore. And we literally jumped back on the train right before the doors shut <laughs> and it pulled away.
0: <laughs> we almost were two teenagers stuck in Baltimore. What the hell? Uh, <laughs>
1: it, it was, it was, I mean, but we made it to D.C. And then from there, it was just luck and gumption because. We tried a pay phone, but we couldn't get a hold of Seamus. We had no idea where Georgetown was. It was just like as we were leaving the Amtrak station, there was a bus with a blinking light that said Georgetown. And I remember you being like, Joe, Georgetown. And we ran onto that (laughs) fucking bus, which luckily was a university bus. So we got like free fare for that ride.
0: I didn't um, remember that. I was just wondering, I'm like, how did we get on a city bus with nothing? No, it was a university bus, and it was actually going there and not in the wrong direction. That's crazy.
1: Funny, funnily <laughs> enough, that's not the time we got on a city bus without paying, but that's a later story. But <laughs> So we get to Georgetown, mind you, and we still don't know where the fuck Seamus is. We are on this huge campus, this fucking huge exorcist campus. With hundreds of people running around, playing oh, exorcist
0: meaning uh, we need to explain that the, t- the steps uh, at Georgetown, the steps where uh, the at the end of the exorcist, where the guy gets thrown down the steps and breaks his neck, those steps are physically at Georgetown University. And continue. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> so so we're there, and we we're like, huh? How do we find Seamus? And both of us, not one of us, but both of us were like, like start screaming his name, and we did we started walking around Georgetown <laughs> University one of the sober.
0: Most, yeah, sober sober
1: <laughs> one of the most, and now mind you let's not forget that when I was at this point in my life my outfit was uh a pair of glasses with no lenses converse high tops and a long leather trench coat.
0: And at that point, I remember, I, w- I do remember this outfit. I had, like, a skirt that, w- like, a- I had a ankle-length skirt that was, like, it-, it-, it looked like some kind of, like, African tablecloth pattern. I had, like, a gray shirt that was like something that was sleeveless with some kind of like number athletic looking number on the front of it but no real indication of a team or a sport or anything like that just like you're <laughs> just a, a like an arbitrary sports number and sneakers i and uh did you have a hat joe i think you had a hat
1: i don't remember having a hat uh i remember us going to hat stores and trying on ridiculous hats and taking pictures of each other but I that don't was in I remember, california
0: but like, uh, that uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, That was a that was, uh, San Francisco trip but
0: Different day, but anyway, continue uh,
1: <laughs> So we're wandering around Screaming, Seamus Seamus Sullivan Like in the hopes That somehow We will find him And we didn't find him But we found someone who knew him We <laughs> ran into someone who was like Seamus, like I remember She was like a, a French exchange student uh, And she was yeah. like a, uh, we went phone? into a
0: building, though, right? We didn't, uh, that wasn't a thing where we, like, somebody found us on the street. I, th- I remember that we went into a building to use their phone, and we're, like, uh, our, and, like, uh, do you, like, I see the white phone, or, like, they were using, like, a white phone that was a landline, Or like, hey, can we use your phone? We're trying to get in contact with our friend Seamus, and the guy there was, like, Seamus Sullivan? And yep. we're, like, we're, like, Yeah. yeah. And he didn't answer, and Seamus didn't answer the phone, but the guy that we met drew us an actual map, like he was yep. like an RPG NPC or something.
1: <laughs> and and it, w- it was insane, because we still didn't have Seamus' room number, but we had this map that took us to some stairs, and we knew the floor that Seamus lived on, so we, it's it's actually amazing, because we stopped at the elevator, and the elevator wasn't coming, and I think you were like, Joe, there's stairs! So we ran up the stairs to the floor, bust out onto the floor of where Seamus lives. And we're just like, Seamus Sullivan, Seamus Sullivan, (laughs) in the house. And it was at that very moment that Seamus and his parents were getting onto the elevator. That's why the elevator wasn't in use because they were (laughs) using it. And if we hadn't caught them I mean, so many perfect moments line up to get us there for Seamus to hear us before, because they were going downstairs to go out to eat. They were leaving campus. So it was pure luck. And man, his face, his face when we just fucking showed up at his college unannounced, screaming his name. (laughs) I can can only describe it as, oh shit, not again.
0: because georgetown's a pretty fucking buttoned up like appropriate famous school too and we look like crazy like out of nowhere and we're like we've on, been on this odyssey for like hours and hours and hours at this point and probably like fucking sweaty or whatever and you know if i uh, yeah because you're like sweating in a leather trench coat and shit god yeah and that was crazy and then we also did we like not have tickets either i think we didn't have tickets to pick he <laughs> like, gave us
1: tickets he gave us he tickets was- we Tickets for the show. We yeah. had no fucking plan whatsoever.
0: <laughs> we didn't even know how we were gonna get back. Like I mean, like we had a, a ticket, but like, yeah, we didn't. We didn't know how we were gonna get back. Holy fuck,
1: teenagers! I mean, the Odyssey back Teenager. is in itself hilarious because we spent all night traveling back. We stayed with Shady yeah. so late. We got back on the train. Well, we had to wait for the train, and we kept getting. Talked at by Washington DC late night weirdos. Yeah. Like they kept coming up and talking to us about the.
0: Oh, wait! We had that whole thing happened where a homeless guy got arrested and then they asked us for a police report. I yep. completely forgot about that. I remember the part where it got to, like, the, the real Twilight. It was, like, 4 a.m. and for some reason you were, like, trying to encourage me to talk about my feelings more and you were using a lamb chop puppet. And why, yep. why did we have the lamb chop puppet, first off? I, I don't, don't remember.
1: I, remember. I don't...
0: I don't know, but yeah, no, I just remembered the police report thing, because I think I've done the same thing I did in that instance, because, like, we, they were like, we need you to fill this out, so we did it in, like, super flowery language, where we were like, oh, we saw a, we called the homeless person a vagabond, I think, in the police report, we were like, a wayward vagabond was accosted by the officer, or something like that, um, uh, oh, and didn't we, like, race across the bridge in D.C.? Like, we we raced across the bridge across the Potomac. Uh, po- how do you even pronounce that river? Potomac? Oh, my God. Potomac. 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 Yeah, there we go. Potomac. Potomac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Potomac yeah, we did, bomb.
1: <laughs> we did a lot of racing because I think that particularly was because we were like, oh, we'll just catch the train home. Oh, shit, the last train is in 20 minutes. Run! It was like, <laughs> like, that was everything. That was everything we did did was just this I don't know how we like didn't die like
0: yeah in general, there's a lot of things I think about, like, from the pre-smartphone era, where I'm not sure how I'm still alive, uh, and and the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, because there's so many crazy things I do now where I try to explain away, like, oh, you know, I was high, I was hammered, something like that, but, you know, I remember stories like this, and I was like, no, I was, like, just as bad, if not worse, when I was stone-cold sober, yep. like, I, <laughs> like, no psych okay. meds yet
1: we were charming because we never got in trouble we constantly did stuff that we probably shouldn't have done but we never really got in trouble well except for in yoda park that's the one time i remember us getting in trouble was when we were lightsaber fighting on the yoda fountain
0: Oh yeah, right. Okay, so what Joda is Joda. Oh my god. Hi Joda. <laughs> so what Joey is referring to is that the uh the Lucasfilms studio much later when I was like 19, uh we went to San Francisco together with his uh, his then girlfriend and visited my aunts and Lucasfilms has a studio in uh in san francisco i forget what that area is uh presidio i think um and they have a fountain with yoda standing in the center of it um i should put the picture of i still have that picture of us uh fighting in front of yoda um before we got in trouble with lucasfilm security Um, but yeah we we definitely got into a lightsaber fight on the yoda fountain until uh lucasfilm security decided to get mad at us and tell us to leave but that's the only time. You're right. That's the only time we ever got in trouble, even though we were the kind of people that uh, sh- would go all the way to DC with no cell phone and um, and no plan and light swords okay. on fire with uh, deodorant.
1: And we, we it, I think we endeared reckless, wild behavior in everybody. Because do you remember when we went to San Francisco and your aunt took us to that? Art Park? I can't remember the name of the park.
0: Oh, the the Albany Bulb. I was actually just there a few weeks ago. I I always go if I go back.
1: But we went late in the day, and the little bridge made of rocks out in the water was covered before we could go back. So we were trapped on, like, this peninsula of crazy art. And Mm -hmm. the only way back was to, like, stay there all night or... For some reason, I was like, I bet you we could go up this hill, which now that I know more about California was reckless in so many ways. The first being, <laughs> the first being, holy shit, is there a lot of rattlesnakes? So just tracing through the underbrush. And the, in the Bay thing. Area,
0: too? I never, because uh, that's, that's like a completely different ecosystem. I didn't think they had snakes over uh, the Bay, the bay I, Area. is weird. I, like...
1: I thought I remember some guy saying, watch out, because there were some poisonous snakes around that day. But the, the craziest part of that was I was like, we're just going to walk up this hill. And I'm 19, maybe, not even, maybe 20 at the most. and I have my crazy leather jacket on, and you and my then-girlfriend, Daniela, and your aunt are holding on to the tails of my jacket as I walk up this steep incline. Essentially, like, I don't even know what we must... We must have looked like Fezzik carrying a bunch... Like, carrying the fucking princess up the hill. But when we finally got to the top of this steep incline, which is where our car was parked, I remember turning around and looking back, and it might as well have been a sheer drop.
0: Wow. Like, I, it's weird, because I'm, like, thinking about, because I was just hiking there, like, less than a month ago, and I'm, like, thinking about the landscape of that park, and I'm just like, I don't even know where you're talking about that that would have been a thing, but that's... That's great. Is because really it's like on a lower elevation that the thing, but wow. So we were hanging on, we were literally rode your coattails home. That's, that's pretty fucking funny.
1: It was, <laughs> it was just another, another ridiculous day. And I, you know, it's funny because like when we would do stuff, I can't remember when this came about, but at some point we decided that we were yin and yang, that our, Attitudes were always like the exact opposite of each other, but completely complementary. Yeah. Um, But we just, it's like, I don't know, we pushed each other to do the most ridiculous things constantly. And there was never a question about it. Like, whenever I was hanging out with you, I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Why wouldn't I do this? Like,
0: We filmed an entire like we never actually edited it, but we filmed most of an Indiana Jones parody called Indiana Joe on VHS, and I need to try to find. I don't even know where what I would play it on. I'm sure that cassette is somewhere at the at the house, but I remember like
1: it was yeah, you, like we, you, me, uh, Danielle Westerman, Nate Edwards, and Ryan,
0: um... Ryan Collins.
1: Yes, Ryan Collins. Thank you.
0: Yeah. yeah
1: Yeah.
0: um okay so we're probably getting to the part where we we guys i mean we could do this forever i could probably do a part two of this episode if i when i'm recording more of these episodes and start releasing things a part two makes sense um but what we should talk about before we bounce uh is the call of cthulhu um, now like Call of Cthulhu For if you don't know it's basically uh, it's an RPG akin to like your dungeons and dragons type thing but it's based around HP Lovecraft lore um, I know that you originally used to play with Shane Eiler being your uh, game master uh, do you remember when you started being game master for us and then could you also just in general try to explain where Thulu deviates from the actual published uh, and very, very widely played game, Call of Cthulhu.
1: I mean, I I will tell you right now, I know the exact day that it happened. So, once again, this is tangentially related to Shane. He was playing Call of Cthulhu with Shane Eiler, Brent Eiler, and a bunch of other people, and I invited myself to one of his games, and (laughs) uh, I totally, I was was just like, hey man, I want to come, vouch for me. Which he did, and then I showed up, and everyone hated me, because I was the, I was the worst player. I kept constantly ruining the game, and Seamus was like, Joe, I vouched for you. I vouched for you, Joe, what the hell? And I'll never forget, the, the best part about that was at the end of that game, it was revealed that I had been possessed by a giant face insects the entire time. Shane Eiler, like 10 minutes into my first ever RPG, Shane Eiler pulled me aside and was like, you're possessed. Fuck with them. And I did. I spent the whole night fucking with them. But because I was new, they just thought it was me. Uh,
0: <laughs> that but, sounds like something Shane would do. Uh... <laughs> well, it,
1: was, it was beautiful. It was absolutely perfect.
0: My and, high school yearbook memory was uh, Shane Eiler one time jumped out of the window to, uh, of a, cl- a second floor classroom to retrieve a tennis ball that had been thrown out while he was wearing a superhero outfit that day, like, coincidentally. And all of the classrooms that also had windows along that roof just saw this superhero bounding across the roof <laughs> and coming back. Like, sh- like Shane was a loose cannon. But yeah, c- continue the Call of
1: Cthulhu story. Yeah, I mean, like, he was... Would- He was my first ever Game Master, still one of the best ever. And Mm -hmm. the day, the day after I played Call of Cthulhu, I went and I got my own Call of Cthulhu book. I walked my ass to the Willow Grove Brave New World, and I, well, I tried to buy the book, but I didn't have enough money. So I just sat there reading the book until the Brave (laughs) New World guy kicked me out. And then I came back a little bit later with even more money, and I finally bought it. And once I got it, I was like, now it is my time to create a game. And I was so pumped. And at the time, I was such good friends with you and Molly and all those people. I invited every single person I knew at that time to come and play my first ever RPG, which ostensibly was called Cthulhu, but it had nothing to do with Cthulhu. Nothing at all. It didn't even involve the Lovecraft mythos. I remember I based it off of Stephen King's It, and
0: it was It the first time. No, because the one thing I do remember about those early Call of Cthulhu play uh, games is that Randall Flagg was in like most of them, <laughs> like if yes. not all. Like, and I, it's funny because I still haven't read The Stand, so I don't totally know what was <laughs> happening oh. for half of that.
1: I was, just, I was a huge fan of Stephen King, so I, yeah. based it, I based it around it, but I threw in every single Stephen King character villain ever in this one game. And my first game ever, ever is like, you, Molly, Emily, Pete, fucking Seamus himself. It was like everybody except Shane Eyler. And it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous, because I only had the barest idea of how to run the game like, I remember Seamus being pissed because he got a critical fail, and, like, I was like, sorry, dude, your weapon break. And he was like, okay, fine, I'm going to roll it, tie my shoes. What happens if I get a one? Do my fucking fingers fall off? And I'll, I'll, be, I'll never forget that quote. That, for me, is, is a t- tabletop RPG in a quote. Oh,
0: yeah, um, yeah.
1: Uh, But it was such a crazy game and then afterwards I was like, I want to keep doing it and you and Molly and Emily were the three biggest proponents you were like, yes, let's keep doing it like No one else really showed like after that first game. It took a while for it to build steam And, and it really was just you and me and Emily and Molly uh, and I think a couple other people started showing up, like Nate Yeah, was it was Lomas, Lomas, Lomas
0: and Banger, it were, I think, were, like, oh. the next editions, right? Like, Yes. This yeah. we're getting into Philly shit, and we're just, like, referring to people by their last names. Like, as it's John and Jim, uh, we, <laughs> Lomas yeah, we, and Banger.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Anywho. Um, but it... I, I remember when Joe Thulu was coined, and it was actually during the second game. Uh, no, shit, it was the third game. It was mm-hmm. the third game. Because the second game, was it was revealed that the Stephen King thing was a simulation, and you guys were trapped in an underground bunker with the Thing and the Predator and an alien and the Incredible Hulk. Again! I knew nothing about this is free like interactive games. fan
0: fiction, dude. Like, it was, it was. like, did we ever have like actual Lovecraft? No, we did ever have actual Lovecraft shit sometimes, but it was just sprinkled in like seasoning. Like,
1: <laughs> it was like Stephen King, Mar. It was a hodgepodge of pop culture, and I mean, you guys seem to enjoy it. But the third ever game was completely a deviation. Because you guys had traveled back in time to Roanoke. Like, I don't know if you remember oh, that. Oh,
0: no, I don't. I don't remember that.
1: You you had traveled back in time to Roanoke, and it was you, Emily, Molly, and Ryan, and maybe Nate. I cannot 100% remember if he was oh, there. Or oh,
0: oh, right, and Ryan was playing as Rudolfo, right? Like, we one of the guys that played with us played with a Muppet and a voice with a Muppet. Like, he just had a puppet on his hand the whole time, and he's,
1: I'm Rudolfo! Like... <laughs> and, and it was actually during that campaign because um, there was a bad guy. Randall Flagg was there back in time trying to stop you guys. Um, it's still just a and, name to
0: me. I know nothing about Randall Flagg. I just right? know that there was a guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then um, Ryan pulled me aside and he said, uh, you know, Joe, I would really like to be evil. And I was just like, okay. So he played against you guys for the rest of the night. He was he ended up being the villain. It was a player versus player game where he ended up being the villain, and it was insane. And it was at the end of that night that I remember the the two defining moments of my gming like history occurred, and it was um, Ryan said, "You know what, Joe." I played rpgs but this is one of the best i've ever played you're so adaptable and if you stay adaptable you'll be one of the best gms ever and he was right i took that to heart and i have used that in the oh my god in the the rest of your life since yeah yeah. And
0: you know what? We will eventually, yeah, because like, like the rest of your life, you know, we got we got to wrap this up soon. But like you know, you grew up to be the guy that does Friday the Thirteenth LARPs in an actual off season summer camp, which I. by the way, the first time I did it, I was the, the one of the last survivors. Um, I, that was the test group, right? Too when we did that. Because yeah, now we're absolutely. jumping back to like damn near present day.
1: Well, and 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 the second moment was Molly Rose pointed out that there was no Cthulhu in these Cthulhu games. There was no Cthulhu <laughs> in Call of Cthulhu. And then you randomly just yelled out, Joe Thulu. And that was it. It stuck. Fuck yeah. I christened it. And it was so, it was so important. I'll, I'll never even forget, too, because one birthday, you and Molly gave me a shirt that was like written in Sharpie. And it just... Uh, um, on the back, it was Joe Thulu 666. Uh, and on the front, it just said, "I am your game master. Obey me or suffer the consequences." And I've had <laughs> that a lot of text. For, for years. I'll never forget it. It was it it, it defined everything. And to this day, like there, like I've run so many games. Like, I run D and D. I've run actual Call of Cthulhu. But any game we play with friends that's just absolute bullshit, people still refer to it as Joe Thulu, as just crazy made up shit, and I love it.
0: Oh my god. That's that's magical. This is going b- way better than I ever possibly could have imagined it. And also it's completely justifying this project because I just like I I felt like a narcissist going like, "Oh, I'm going to do an autobiographical podcast." And now the more I talk to you, like, "No, I need to do this if I ever write a book because I don't fucking remember anything that happened." Okay. So <laughs> I <laughs> Okay, so um thank you so much. I think that uh here on out uh we're just going to end with the same thing every time which is do you have any memories of me that you think i might have forgotten
1: <laughs> do you remember weapon of choice
0: oh my god now i do uh shit cuz we never actually put that cuz did we lose the footage or well, we, cuz it, it, was... it, it never got posted right or not, yeah, po- not posted. There was no posting then. There was no posting. There was no, airing was, shit on the
1: <laughs> yeah, It was a closed circuit high school TV, Amp TV, which uh-huh. you and I were part of. But um, like, I remember I was doing Amp TV and you showed up one day with Molly Rose and you were like, I want to do a Weapon of Choice thing. I want to do a Weapon of Choice parody. Can you film me? And I was like, yeah. Sure.
0: Okay, yeah, and for those who don't know what this is I I have a lot of uh, listeners that are 10 years younger than me And fans that are 10 years younger than me Uh, This is the Fatboy Slim music video for the song Weapon of Choice That features Christopher Walken dancing around an empty hotel So I wanted to recreate that, but in a series of high school cafeteria rooms
1: (laughs) And we did, we spent the whole afternoon filming it But the thing about Amp TV back in 2004 was it wasn't always reliable. You would upload your footage to the one computer where everything was on. And sometimes (laughs) it would just fucking disappear. And this happened multiple times. I actually got uh, a message from Brian Quigley, Mr. Quigley, who was... Mm -hmm the god of amp TV and still one of the greatest teachers I've ever had in my life.
0: Yeah. Um, and he will, he will be on this podcast if he hasn't already been, you know, cause we're recording these out of order. Uh, so yeah. we will have Mr. Quigley if we didn't already.
1: But um, yeah, we constantly lost stuff and that was one of the things we lost. But I, I, I remember that was also one of the first times you and I really hung out, like outside of you showing up at my house, like,
0: I can't see like it. It was just always chaos every single fucking time. And you know, I wish I even. I still have a lot of the same production confidence that I used to have. But I got. I would be unstoppable if I even had like a fraction of the confidence that I had in high school.
1: I, like I I was, I'm still
0: doing crazy shit. I'm still getting professional wrestlers that I've never met in person to voice act on my dumb fucking other podcast. Um, but like I, I, I don't. I don't show up at random people's houses anymore and then just become best friends with them to the point where i'm in their marriage they're in their marriage in their worse. in their wedding i was in your wedding yeah Yeah. Fuck. okay um
1: beautiful we were we were meant to be friends hannah It's, it's it's some fate has been pulling us together forever ah fuck i miss you
0: I miss you too, buddy. All right. This is, and that's a very, very heartwarming note to end this uh, first recording on. I I love you very much. Uh, This trip down memory lane is crazy. We might need to do another one. Uh, Well, we should. We you, shall you see. should get
1: me and Seamus in for an episode so we can talk uh, about so we can just talk about the spirit I won't even say anything but oh
0: I just posted about that uh Frank Miller's the spirit I'm not sure if I hallucinated that entire movie or not but what was if, maybe if you someday.
1: hallucinated me and Seamus hallucinated right along with you
0: uh I just remember sitting in a diner after watching Frank Miller's Spear. We sat in Lancer's Diner in Warminster, Pennsylvania, holding our heads, and Shame is just repeating over and over again, so many people had to say that was okay. Like, <laughs> which is something that I still say when movies are bad. It's like so many people had to say that was okay. <laughs> okay um all right thank you joe uh for this uh and uh, i and thank you listeners for taking this journey down memory lane i love you (laughs)
1: love you
0: too hannah all right